Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go, let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started? Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Hello. I would say what a wonderful spring day it is, but for most of us in the Midwest, it is cold and there are flurries outside my window right now. So let's heat things up by talking about Bravo. Ooh, I like that, Abby. Let's heat things up. These transitions, man. (laughs) I actually did that on my toes. And as I said it, I'm like, wow, like I've, I've really evolved as a podcaster. (laughs) I mean, if you guys listen to episode one to now, you understand why I appreciate this from Abby. Anyways, let's get into it, But let's talk about, let's, you know what else I will tell you Obviously I love OC. I'm a broken record. I, I just, I don't know. I really appreciate it. And I thought this episode, we got a, had a lot going on. There were fights about whether or not you knew someone's name, but at the heart of it all was chicken salad. And like, I forgot how much I love a good chicken salad. Like it really can turn your day around. Like if you have a great chicken salad for lunch, like how happy are you? Have you gotten it since we've discussed this? I'm going to get it today. It feels like a big <laughs> pregnancy craving that's going on right just, now. It just spurred out. You know, it's funny. It's like, as I'm watching these things, I get weird cravings. Like I never craved Taco Bell, but towards the end of Salt Lake City, when I was pregnant, I was like, I really want two soft tacos right now. Like I couldn't, like, I couldn't even explain it, but there was something about Lisa Barlow. I wanted the tacos. And then now, yeah, thanks to OC, I really want for those that live in St. Louis, you know, Straub's chicken salad. They have not reached out to me, by the way. I'm I'm a little pissed. It's like eleven ninety nine a pound for this chicken salad. It ain't cheap, but it's was that so before good. like all the inflation or is that that's like a current price? I think it was like eight ninety nine, maybe nine ninety nine. It was dancing around the ten dollar mark, but it exceeded it in the last year. So but Damn. it's, it's, it's the best. Um, and then well, you had the debate about grapes or no grapes. In your yes, chicken salad. So I like chicken salad. I don't crave it or seek it out. Kyle loves chicken salad. Um, so I feel like you guys could easily have a 30 minute discussion just on chicken salad. I prefer no grapes. Um, I like minimal grapes. The key thing for me, um, I like a little bit of crunch. So I like celery in there. I really like some sort of nut, like a walnut, I think can add to it, but not big chunks, like smaller chunks of nut. But really to me, the big thing is it can't be, can't be dry, but I don't like too heavy on the mayo. Like you have to have the right balance. If you have one that's too thick with mayonnaise, it just makes, I, I'm not a big mayonnaise person in general. So that's my, those are my thoughts on chicken salad. Well, um, but you guys were wondering, you're dying to know. So yeah. we're really glad uh, we gave that information. But I saw a lot of people posting, um, like in different Bravo Facebook groups that we belong to and just like 
DMs and comments on like the different um OC Housewives. Well, everybody wants the recipe for that chicken salad. And I really hope that at some point it's shared because I'm dying to try it. But we found that somehow this chicken salad brought together Shannon and Gina. They were talking about what crackers to eat it. I mean, there's nothing like watching drunk people eat. Like it was just so funny that they were all like thrilled about this chicken salad. Meanwhile, Noella is like this, this whole fight to me, she claims that someone told her that they saw Heather push somebody into a wall. That first episode, that party where we like saw Heather's house for the first time. But then Noella said she didn't see it for herself. So Heather kind of wanted her to say, well, then you're, you don't know for sure. So you've kind of been lying about the fact that you've been saying you saw it. And then Noella like refused to say she was like, the whole thing was just so ridiculous. I'm like, part of me just felt like Noella was really reaching to make this a fight. And I think Heather was like, oh, maybe this will be good TV. So they both just kept it going way too long. Well, and truthfully, we've seen how this goes. Like if a crew member was involved, as Noella is allegedly saying, there's footage. We've all watched Potomac. We've seen the butt grab from heard around from all around the world. Like, I feel like the pr- production would then show the footage. I feel like there would be some sort of either audio or something if this were to happen. And somebody would have seen it. Like, even if like the crew really stopped filming in that moment, which I would find that hard to believe. But even if they had, like, you're right. We would have. There would have been. There would have been some probably some sort of restraining order. Like, I mean, that person on production then would or cameraman would have had the rights to like try to say, I don't want to work with the DeBros anymore. I just think, yeah, it would have come out, but um, for whatever reason, they're really making this fight. Keep going. I will say like, I normally don't side with Noella too often, but I do feel like Heather's comment about the karma was low. Like I didn't, I didn't, wasn't paying close enough attention in the moment, but watching this episode, I was like, wait, you're right. Like that was a pretty shady dig. It was, it wasn't as the way it was said was not as bad as Noella retold it to a friend. Yeah. Cause like, cause Noella's like, you know, everything with your son, your divorce, your dad, that's your karma coming back at you. She didn't like pinpoint any particular thing, but when Noella said, you know, something about karma to Heather and Heather's like, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good life. Everything happening to you right now is your karma coming back to you. I felt like with the timing of her dad's death, it was just like, like if it was just a divorce, it still would have been like kind of a, I mean, it still would have definitely been a mean dig, but maybe a little bit more warranted, but the whole, like the fact that her father had just died. And also I just want to clarify, because a lot of people had DM'd us and I started digging around. And if you Google things have gotten like somehow crossed, but there is another person who has the same, basically the same name as her father, same first and last name, born in a different year, completely different person, like born in a different city. But that man passed away in 2012. And so then it created, people started Googling, trying to find like the obituary for Noella's father. And it created this conspiracy theory that her dad actually passed away in 2012. And she was just bringing it up on camera for attention. But that was a completely different person. Her father really did pass away during filming. Um, He had sickle cell anemia. And that really, so I'm just saying, if you Google it, it's a little bit confusing. Um, I know a lot of people had been like DMing us about that. So I just want to say that he did, he really did pass away as they were filming. Um, and so that's why I think Heather's dig too. It was just like ugh, bad timing and not really a nice thing to say. However, her scream, like sitting on the rocks by, by the creek, like that was so staged. I mean, I put, I made a meme about it. Uh, Heidi Montag is all I thought about during that moment. Because you remember <laughs> that photo shoot of Heidi sitting on a chair crying? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't even remember why she was crying, but it was the most staged. Like, 
Spidey at their prime had like they could teach a class, oh. a master class in the art of a stage photo, meaning like it's so poorly staged like it's so obviously staged like so reality like tv yeah. yeah but that's what it felt like i just think like it was very very strange and i don't want to take away from her father's passing and how people grieve but i just feel like a moment like that i wouldn't want cameras around me i, I would want to do that alone yeah I, I i guess if i was really struggling that much i wouldn't have gone on the trip and this i mean that again too. everyone does grieve differently i have lost my father unexpectedly. So there's a part of me that definitely sympathizes with her. I, however, um, did not use that to get better rooms on vacations. I did not. Um, I, I, I didn't find myself screaming um, on a girl's trip, but you know, everyone, I guess, is coping differently. It just, to me, even the way the scream came out, it just felt like it was very forced. No, it was weird. It, it was, it was weird. It I was mean, weird. I'm going to say it, yeah. it was weird. Let's just say it. It was weird. And I don't know. It's on brand for Noella, but this is what I was saying last week. I think we, Noella gives us something to talk about. Yep. Whether it's bad and bad and bad, but <laughs> it's entertaining in a weird way. I actually think she's going to be back. I think, I, well, one, Andy seems to love her. He said he's like one of the most beautiful people she's ever, he's ever seen. Um, and I think she just brings this like kind of forced drama into the show, but it like, it pisses everyone off. And so I, I think she's a triggering person and you kind of like, look at Danielle Staub. Like she gave us great moments on New Jersey. Like everyone hated her, but could you imagine New Jersey without Danielle Staub the early years? No, I mean, the table flip never would have happened. So, um, one of the, so I'm just saying, I guess Noella is this necessary evil for OC. One thing too, I noticed ever since Emily said this, her observation that all Jen does is repeat what Heather's saying. Like she doesn't really have an original thought. If any time in the episode when Jen talked, like I noticed like really she truly only does repeat what other people are saying. It's really weird. Why it's would, really weird. Why would you do that? I mean, and I'm surprised that Heather hasn't picked up on it because I feel like that's something at least oh, I would think I would notice. I mean, if you're saying provocateur or whatever, I would like that word. It was like, can we just say she's a liar? Um, yeah, you but you would think Heather of all people would notice this, but she she did not. Um, and I just, I was like, wow, Emily, I didn't, how did no one else really notice this the entire season? But like, she really just does repat what other people say. It's a really odd trait um, that it's, she has. It's like, she doesn't know what, to, I feel like I wonder if that's just out of being a doctor and you're used to repeating people, Could be. but yeah. still it's very, very strange. Um, so the only other thing I'll say about OC, I did appreciate the prank. You know, Shannon always has these you know, costumes that she gets for these trips and wants everyone to have fun. And I do appreciate that about Shannon. I think she, her goal is just for everybody to have a great time, no matter where they are. And she sometimes fails miserably at that, but she does a pretty good job of making these trips funny. Yeah, uh, it that's was about it. I mean, it was yeah. cute. It it fell flat. And I oh, appreciated how I love that was about like, it, how though. everyone was like, uh, <laughs> okay. But I always enjoy it like a housewife's prank. Like I feel like we could use more of that. I also like as we wrap up OC, this kind of made me laugh. Kelly Dodd, of course, for someone who like loves, she kind of is like a Bethany, like the sh- I'm glad I'm off the show, but that's all she talks about. Yeah. She tweeted, thank you, Bravo. Thanks for firing me. Did me a favor. This is the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> well, she's watching it then. Yeah, it just like makes me laugh. I'm like, okay. 
Oh, that is so true. Like these people, like I don't need it anymore. Like I appreciate a Tamara who's like, I would come back. Like Tamara's like openly saying it and like basically makes it known. Like, yeah, I'd come back. You know, Kelly Dye would come back if they offered her a position. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So let's move on to New Jersey where God, like this was like so, so much to this episode as well. Very layered. We start by learning more about Marge senior. And I wish I would have known this Marge senior story prior to finding out that, you know, her drinking was an issue and she maybe wasn't always there for Marge as a, a, a mother figure, um, a maternal role. Like I think understanding though, just how she grew up and, um, just the challenges she had as a child. And then, you know, when her parents died. And so I don't know, I just that like her whole story, it was just really sad, but I was like really, really appreciative that we got to know more about Marge senior. Yeah. I always love like the backstory. And I think I wonder if production thinks we would find it boring as viewers, because I, I mean, anytime we learn anything about a housewife or a parent, I think the response is always like, oh my God, wow. Yeah, like Lois. Know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I really appreciated it. And I think it just helps you better understand that person and the struggles that March senior may have had with alcohol and some of the things in their relationship. But I really love not to like jump too far ahead, but I really loved, you know, what Margaret said in the interview, like, yeah, we've had our ups and downs, but she's always been like super supportive of me and like always been like her biggest advocate. Like I just really have a lot of respect for the relationship Mm -hmm. and it feels very just honest. Well, it even changed Jen Aiden's mind. You know, she didn't, didn't realize Marge really felt that way about her mom. And I think it made her realize that they have more in common um, than she initially thought. Uh, But before we get into the party and more about the speech, I can't get over the fact that Tracy is so dead set on her daughter going to kindergarten of all grades. Like, it's not like, oh, gosh, should she repeat her freshman year, which would be a little bit more like traumatizing and kids would notice like she's doing a tutor and like basically forcing her four or five year old to go into kindergarten before she's ready. I just thought the whole entire thing, like, I don't know if this is like a rich Lenny problem or what. But I'm like, just hold her back. Like, if you're going through all the lengths to get a tour yeah. or like whatever, just hold her back. We went through this discussion on our page. I feel like, Abby, I feel like you might have shared something about this. But a lot of responses that we received, I remember teachers saying, just hold them back. It's the best thing you could do. Yeah. So just hold her back. And I also thought it was just weird. I At least but the camera angles, I made it seem like her daughter is right there with her. Yeah, I know. Like- I wouldn't have that conversation because... They know what you're saying. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, she's got to be at least four or five. Um, I know every state has like their cutoffs different. I believe most of the East Coast does it where like January one is actually their cutoff for like this, like determining what you have to be five by January one to go into kindergarten. Um, we're in the Midwest. It's usually like five by August 1st. But anyway, so she's got to be five or four. She knows what's going on. She can hear what they're saying. If they were talking about her, like how uncomfortable. But yeah, I a while ago posted something about just like trying to decide if I was going to send my kin- my son to kindergarten. He is a May birthday, so he'll be the youngest in his grade. But after like this last year, having multiple conversations with his teachers, they were like, actually, we see no reason for him not to go. Um, and they said sometimes with kids that are ready and they get held back, it can create behavior issues for them when they stay um, in a grade where they're ready, like when they're above the grade that they're in. So, but like, I was fully okay with it. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, everyone tells you like parents never for the most part regret holding their kids back. So it was just so odd to me that she was like forcing kindergarten, like 
kindergarten on this poor girl. Uh, part of me though, maybe thought that she had some coaching by Melissa to make this more of a storyline. I just think that's a weird, weird thing it's to pick. So weird. I'm like, what are you going to like Olivia Jade, the situation yeah. with your child <laughs> in kindergarten? Like she's yeah. on the rowing team. She's yeah. yeah, she's five, but she's on the rowing team. She's qualified me. to go. It was just yeah. very, very strange. Uh, then we had more with Jackie's eating disorder. We watched her, um, enjoy ice cream with her kids, which it was like really sweet, but also just really sad. Like I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, like she had never had ice cream with her kids before. And they were like, her son was like, I don't think mom likes it. And she's like, no, it's so good. I love it. It like made me sad. I'm like, you've been depriving yourself of these more so these moments, not even ice cream. I mean, I love ice cream, but like the fact that she's just deprived herself of these moments because of food. It's, it's very sad. And I also just respect how openly honest she's been throughout all this. I mean, for her to let cameras in there and just say like, I haven't had ice cream in 20 years. Saying that out loud has already got to be scary enough, but doing that with the entire world watching and knowing that there could be judgment that comes along with it, I think is incredibly brave. I just, I think for me, her whole story, it just, I have, a, I've always had compassion for those who've had any sort of like disorder or an addiction of any kind, but it just gives me a lot of compassion for anyone who's struggling with an eating disorder, because obviously we need food to live. Like right. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't just it. cut it out like alcoholic. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. So I never drink anymore. You can't say you can't do that. So yeah. it just was heartbreaking. And even the therapy session that she had mm-hmm. when she suggested pizza, you, you had a note about this. Yeah. I, no, it just like the therapist was like, you know, I think you should try doing something new. What if you got pizza with your kids this week? And like Jackie's face, it was like, you know, I, like a, a small thing of ice cream was okay. Like was hard, but she did it and she was happy about it. But like the idea of like having a slice of pizza was like too much for her to handle. Um, I just, I think it makes you realize just how deep this is, but also like you said, how brave she is for showing up because for the past couple of seasons, she made it seem like that she was in a recovery mode, like that she had, was kind of like, I don't think you're ever over it, but that she wasn't like, she wasn't still controlled by her eating. Yeah. It wasn't controlling ice cream. Right. And she (laughs) clearly wasn't the case. I also, I mean, I really commend Evan for being such a supportive partner and like, you know, you can tell, like she brings it up a lot. She's really concerned that if she gains weight, will he love her less? Or like if she looks differently. And I, I think he always answers that like really well. So I just appreciate both of them kind of opening up and sharing that part of their life. Cause I'm sure it's not something that's easy to talk about with a therapist, let alone knowing the world's watching. Um, okay. Let's talk about this birthday party for March senior 75th birthday. I loved everything about it. The theme, the food, the cocktails, the March teeny. Uh, and then of course, like, you know, knowing that all the women and all the men are there, you knew it was going to be a, a fun event. I didn't realize how many of the men kind of have a, a thing for March senior. I mean, if you remember her, watch what happens live. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just didn't realize like Frank senior was like, I mean, they were all dancing very, um, there's dirty dancing going on with basically every guy and March senior. So good She's for her. She's a good time girl. I mean, Margaret has commented multiple times how she goes out all the time. Like she is, she got her vagina done. Like she is out and ready to play. Her pussy is popping <laughs> <laughs> in multiple ways. I, I, sorry, I had to say it, but no, that party, like that was like essentially a wedding reception. 
I mean, it was okay. This is not meaning to be shady, even though I love Giselle and I, you guys know how I feel. I love Karen Huger with Giselle. Like I'm not, this is not me being team Giselle and a dig at Karen, but Marge's 75th birthday was significantly nicer, a more um, regal event space than what we got for the Grand Dames bow renewal. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking that I'm like, oh, this is what Karen Huger should have done. Like she should have, I mean, the staircase, even as the people walked up, everything about it, it was beautiful. I loved, I loved the party. I loved everything about it. Um, Yeah, go ahead. It was so great. And special shout out to our friend, Anthony Lario and Morgan LaMotta who were there and got so much FaceTime. Um, I, we haven't gotten a chance to get some more tea about the party itself, but it seems like everything we saw is. Yes. And he was on, um, mixing with Monty talking about that party. So I haven't listened yet, but, um, you'll, if you want to know more about, you know, an insider look, go listen to that episode. Um, but yeah, so great New Jersey episode. The men were able to put everything to rest, uh, and basically, you know, cause they're not as dramatic as the women. They just, uh, let it go and they're moving on, even though these men are so dramatic. I love how they always make a point. Like we're guys, we're boys, but I mean, like you're sending text messages to say, fuck you. Like clearly you're trying to stir stuff up, but sure. I just, I, yeah, you're right. You made a meme about that and it just yeah. made me laugh. Cause it's so accurate. Like Joe Gorga is so dramatic, but it's like, okay. Like own your drama. Like, no, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny to watch. I am glad they're on good terms with Bill Aiden. Yes, um, I agree. I'm, I was ready for all of them to kind of be able to be friends again. And of course, like have all the guys together because it's part of the fun of New Jersey. Um, not a lot of fun to be had in the beginning of Summer House. I'm still like, there's so many things about this fight that I I need answers to. I'm really hoping you and I have talked about this with our other Bravo fr- um, friends on our Bravo text group. But like Sierra threw a glass of wine at Danielle. It broke on the floor. It hit her chest and then fell and broke on the floor. It could have broke on her chest. Maybe she had like a necklace on and the I mean, glass could have ended up in her eye. It could have cut her face. Like this could have been pretty bad. And yet everybody was like comforting Sierra and like, be like, how do you like the next day? Like, how are you feeling? Like, I was just shocked that nobody was checking in on Danielle much besides Lindsay. It was a really strange turn of events. I think I wondered, cause if it happened so fast, I knew the glass broke, but I don't know if people knew that it hit her chest. Yeah. Not that that makes that okay. By any means, I'm yeah. not giving Sierra a pass by any means, but because, I mean, I think we only saw it as viewers because we saw that snippet multiple times and people like slowed it down. Like we yeah. saw it slow-mo and it happened so fast. I don't think they knew the cast that it was an actual glass that hit her chest. Well, and, you know, Luke and Andrea weren't even there, you know? So like, I mean, obviously for them, they're coming in. They're like, you know, Andrea said it looked kind of like a, a crime scene when he came back into the house. So I'm sure they were a little bit confused, but I was just kind of surprised that, I mean, obviously Paige was only going to, you know, com- go comfort Sierra, but I was a little bit surprised Maya didn't go check on Danielle um, at, you know, at any point other than ne- the next morning saying you owe Danielle an apology to Sierra, Kyle, you know, it's like, you know, Danielle's kind of like an OG and, you know, Kyle didn't go in and check on her. I think Carl was just kind of like in shock that he had wine all over him, but um, 
Yeah, yeah. This is the whole thing. I was just like, why is nobody checking on Danielle? They should definitely have checked on her. Regardless if they knew that glass hit her or not, please check on her for the way that Sierra went at her. And granted, I could see this happening at the reunion. They're going to counter. Well, Danielle was holding a lit candle. And she grabbed a candlestick. Yeah. Yeah. Again, self-defense. I know. And again, like I'm not (laughs) excusing either ones, but it was messy. And I would have expected more people to come to Danielle. I would have at least expected if I were Sierra and she did, I will give her a tiny bit of credit in the sense that she did seem to show remorse and was apologetic and wasn't doubling down on her behavior. I feel like usually when things like happen like that, people double down and like don't have any sense of guilt. But if she really felt bad, she should have been cleaning that shit up. Yes. Like the next morning, Lindsay was there like scrubbing all the dishes and cleaning up the kitchen. I'm like, uh, Sierra just walked in and was like, oh, I got to go talk to Danielle. Like, I just thought it was odd. She was like, I should probably clean up this mess that I truly created. Yeah. No, she should be the, that would be the number one thing I I would do. I don't care how embarrassed you are. Like, grow the fuck up. Get get up or wake up a little earlier, like right. a little bit earlier, probably eight o'clock versus 10 and clean your shit up. Yeah. Like, this is the mom energy coming out of me. Well, like I would totally yell at her and be like, little girl, get your yeah. ass up and clean that up. I think this just screams 25 immature, even her watch what happens live appearance, which we'll talk more about on our Patreon to me, just screamed immaturity. Like I, I didn't, I, I think, you know, the first time we met her, she seemed like this mature person because she really played up kind of being a nurse, but now I'm seeing more of her. And I do think that she is just a very immature uh, and honestly insecure 25 year old. So, um, well, I mean, just the way she has to throw these digs at people, she definitely has some insecurities and the whole thing with Austin, it's like, you are so beautiful. If I, if I were Sierra and a man was treating me like that, I'd be like, screw you, buddy. I think there's probably like, I mean, I can go get John Mayer. There's a long line of people who'd want to get with me and they're a lot better than Austin. But I think she just has these insecurities that, um, you know, as you grow older, I think you kind of become a little bit more aware of your worth. You are um, reminding me of Heather Dubrow. I can totally see Heather. You're an insecure little girl. Yeah, <laughs> I would That's say, why I start laughing. I think Danielle should say that to her at the reunion. Maybe she did. We'll find out. Um, how about Craig coming out with the baby talk? I like actually was like repulsed. I was really taken aback by it. Um, I also feel like, you know, so much in this episode, there's a lot of different things to unpack and I've not seen anyone unpack the baby talk, but it was, um, yeah, I, yeah, cringy. (laughs) It was cringy. And I was just like, I also hate when like grown men do that. Like I just, I even like, if they're trying to be cute and they're like, Oh, what what do you want to go to dinner? Like that kind of, I think it's like so weird. And so when he started doing that and like started talking like, but we're going to have crabs and it's going to be so fun. I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, Craig. Like this is the first time that, well, not the first time I've been like disappointed, but the first time I was like, you are like the least attractive person on this show in this moment right now. Like I just was not, I was not feeling it with the baby talk with Craig. I loved the volleyball game though. But what I loved most is they're like, yeah, we're in the eye of this hurricane. Let's go to the beach and play volleyball. That's what people do during a hurricane. Yeah, totally normal. Um, a couple different things that were totally normal in that moment. Luke playing in jeans, yeah. which what the fuck? Very on brand though. Very on brand for him. And he can only get away with it because he's Luke and has a six pack and is hot. Like, I mean, anyone else when they, we would be like making like fun of even more, but that, um, then the, like the theme, the theme, which I thought was pretty funny. It was eighties versus nineties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
but I, I enjoy like when the team or team, when the show, like when they have fun and do something cute. And then we had Kyle like going with the seagulls, which was so weird and random. Yeah. Amanda having that conversation with Craig, were you surprised by how he was basically like, he's like all in or nothing kind of guy. Like I wouldn't yeah. spend time with her if I don't see wedding as an, I thought it was a little interesting just given the fact that like, you know, over two weeks prior, he had kind of told Paige, he didn't feel a need to define it until like they both wanted to, which I guess I'm thinking if someone's like, I wouldn't be date, like I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't see us like eventually like ended up ending up married together. It was kind of interesting to me that he didn't like convey that to Paige, but then he conveyed it to Amanda and maybe it's just, he kind of wanted to tell Amanda knowing she would tell Paige. Um, but yeah, I wasn't surprised by it. Cause I also think knowing them, I mean, they've been friends for a while. I think, you know, they're both on the Bravo shows. They know that if by like him showing up to the summer house and coming to the Hamptons and kind of really PDA and like showing he's interested in Paige and they're more than just, you know, a casual hookup and it being aired, like they're kind of sending a message that they're a couple. So I wasn't too surprised by it, but I was glad he said that like he saw something serious happening. I just think it's funny because whenever they're both like in interviews, it's like every week you get a different story with the two of them. Like, oh, it's way too soon to talk about moving in together. And then like a week later, he's at his like pillows and beer. Um, I wouldn't even, I don't even know what you would call it. Just like a random show, <laughs> show their, show, their show that has no um, agenda or plan to it. But he was telling people he was like going to possibly propose to her. So I've just, I think it's weird that like they kind of flip flop, but maybe it's just those early phases of that relationship where you're like, not sure what to say. Yeah. Hmm. I've read Craig's book. I've, I've finished it and it's, it's a, it's a good read. It's a quick read. And I feel like my biggest takeaway with him is that he, once he knows he wants to do something, he's really set in his ways. Like once mm-hmm. he has a decision made, he like is kind of gung ho about that decision. There's no like hesitation on his part. Um, so I don't feel like he has that anxiety of like, oh, like the rep- repercussions of that. Yeah. Um, so it kind of like reading that and seeing his decision making makes sense. So that's my psychoanalysis of Craig for the moment. Um, I did want to ask you, speaking of Craig, and this is going backwards a little bit. What was your take on Lindsay and Craig having that conversation in the kitchen where she then shared that she was whatever <laughs> in her class? I think I just think they're two people that will never um, really mesh as friends because they both kind of like interpret what the other is saying to mean something else. I don't think Craig was like trying to imply somehow that Lin- Lindsay wasn't a smart girl, but she took it that way. I love, but I love what she came back with. I just think I enjoy their interactions because it's clear they don't really like one another. Um, and they're always quick to find a way to like throw a dig at each other, which is interesting. But I don't. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by it. You made a meme about it, how like, that was like basically the most like classic Lindsay thing to say. I was not, like, I was almost, I would have been more surprised if she would have like not had said something like that. It was just, it was funny to me. I mean, it's like such a drunk person to bring up yeah. like, a random fact. About I don't even know what my rank was though. Do you from high school? Um, no, I knew I was like in the top 10% of my class. Um, nerd alert. Know. Yeah, I don't but know. I didn't know I didn't know like what number out of like the 400 plus people that I graduated with. I didn't know yeah. it was like number whatever. I just knew from like my GPA that I was in the top 10%. Yeah. I I remember my GPA but I don't remember my ranking at all. But I also graduated with like 125 people, so like to be in the top 10%, you would have been like number 10 in the class. So I think it was just a little bit 
don't know, maybe we just didn't pay as much attention to it, but I was kind of surprised. My like, God, I don't even know what I ranked in high school. I've kind of forgotten about it. Uh, I, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about Carl and his mom. I loved the conversation between the two of them. It was so just like sweet and honest. And even the moment when she said that, you know, it wasn't like she was like, I forgot how she worded it, but she worded it so perfectly, basically saying like, had Carl's brother not passed away, would Carl have really gone down, like been as set on his path of sobriety and creating a new life for himself? You know, I thought that was interesting because he was already aware that he needed to make changes like prior to his brother passing away. But I think that really made him like dead set on, I don't want to end up like that. Yeah, no, I thought it was any moment with Carl and his mom. Like I love like their relationship. It just seems very like raw and real. And she just seems so proud of him and his stepdad seemed like beyond proud. And they were even happy that Lindsay was close by. Like you could tell, like they were, those wheels were kind of already spinning in their head about those two. And I, I wonder, and I was wondering, curious about your take. So his zebra Oh, Wesley Stripes. Yeah. Um, Wesley Stripes. Do you think he's like your flamingo? And for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about, I'm going to give Abby a chance to explain. Oh, I don't because he had Wesley Stripes before his brother passed away. Oh, just kidding. But anyway, I, um, so the story about the flamingo, which it would be cool if that were the case. And, um, maybe we should send Carl flamingo, but, um, so my aunt passed away and I'm really close with my cousins. I was really close with my aunt and my uncle and one of my cousins, it was her mother. She, you know, obviously she was upset. She was grieving the loss of a parent and she came home one day. She's a nurse came home and there was like this large box on her front step and she'd been receiving flowers and like casseroles and stuff, but she obviously like this, a huge box. And it was this like three and a half, maybe I need to measure our flamingo, but it's almost like a four foot tall flamingo. It's pretty big. It's like the stuffed bright peak flamingo. And one of her husband's friends got it for her because she said that when her mom passed away, someone got it for her and said, you should have something bright and vibrant in your house to remind you of your mom instead of, you know, cause sometimes what people will give you like a wind chime or like a, a necklace, but they're like, you know, people don't usually give you like a four foot tall flamingo. And so my cousin told my older sister, she loved it. And they decided they were going to order it for all of my cousins um, and my sisters. So we all have this large flamingo in our house. And I do love it because when people come in, we call it MJ after what, that's what we called my aunt. Um, My kids talk about MJ. We decorated her for like the chiefs games and she wears sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Um, But it's kind of like this. Yeah. It's like a fun thing to have in your house. And I would actually say to people, you can get it. It's a Melissa and Doug stuffed um, flamingo. It's like a hundred dollars. Um, but it's like a fun gift to get somebody who's mourning because it's just so unexpected. But it's like one of those things you're like, well, I kind of like having this in my house now. So anyway, there's a, a long story on my Flamingo MJ. But um, Wesley Stripes was part. He had Wesley Stripes um, two or three summer house. He had it before his brother passed away. But now yeah. I'm thinking Wesley needs a Flamingo. We've, I I'm, know. I was. I just feel like when I saw that, I immediately thought of your Flamingo yeah. MJ. So I just, I was like, oh my gosh, what if that's like his yeah. version of it? But no, it's not. <laughs> but in a flamingo, I'm... yeah, it's also really cool just to have a huge flamingo in your house. So even if you haven't had someone like pass away and you just want the big flamingo, like for your kids or for yourself, I highly recommend it. A little joy, a little yeah. joy. And now to the part, I actually have my shout out. So me too. Well, like, I'll let you go first. In. All right, you so go. I would like to give my shout out to Katanji Brown Jackson, 
who is the first black woman to be um, in the Supreme Court. And I just love that there are black little girls who can look and see that there is someone who looks like them and represents them. And I just love everything regarding that. So I'm all about, you know, continuing to break glass ceilings and things as women, because I think we're better together than apart. Wow. That was very um, political of me. Yeah. Well, it's also worth noting that this is the first time in the history of the United States that the um, Supreme Court justices aren't a white male majority. There are only three white men. We Now it's still a male majority, um, but we have people of color. We have women. We have women of color. Um, we have a Latina that's a Supreme Court justice. So I think it's, you look overall now with the addition of her and I think it's more representative. Everybody for the most part could find somebody that they relate to or that looks like them um, as a Supreme yeah. Court justice, which I think is which really cool. It's like representative of the United States, like the makeup yeah. of the U.S. So I We're think that's awesome. Big old melting pot. Yes. Um Okay. Mine is very different. I'm going to take a strong, uh, strong left and I'm giving mine to five-year-old Ruby from central Nebraska. If you guys have not heard the story, I heard it this morning and it was cracking me up. So she loves to make cards for her preschool teacher. And her mom has like this, like stationary set in this drawer of like cards that she has, um, to like give to people. Like I, you, I know obviously Vanessa has a bunch of cards. You're a big fan of them. I always have like a stack of like birthday congratulations. I even have like, you know, sympathy card. You just like, I think as you get older, you just always have cards on hand. So this little girl had been making cards for her teacher that she loves so much. And, um, the mom wasn't paying attention. And the daughter asked if she could go get some of her mom's stationery, And the mom said, okay. And so she decided she wanted to give her a card card instead, instead of just getting like a plain stationery and coloring on it. And she got a card that the mom had picked out for her husband. Um, and the card, mind you, she's five and she can't read. Um, the card on the front said, a best friend you can have sex with. And then you oh. op- open it on the inside <laughs> and it says, how great is that? Um, oh. There isn't, then there was like a lot of white space for uh, little Ruby to draw. And so she drew... Um, a picture of the teacher and her and put, um, I love you and um, put like hearts and like colored it. But obviously she didn't realize what it read, what it said. And so then the mom gets a text from the director of the school um, that was kind of like, Hey, I just want you to know, Ruby brought one of your cards um, to school today. Are you missing a card? And so the mom's like, Oh, she, you know, she's, she does that a lot. Um, she probably just pulled something in from my like stationary set. Um, I can't, I, I don't recall missing a certain card. And so the, the director goes, well, you're going to love this and sent the mom a picture of the card. <laughs> and oh my God, I just think like you have to, I heard the story and I was just dying laughing. And anyone who has young kids would could like totally see their little brains like, Oh, this card, like on the front. It's so colorful. It has these big letters and I could color so much on the inside. I'm going to give this to my teacher. And as a parent who's busy and working, you're probably like, Oh yeah, you can go grab one of my stationery. Like I don't, you know, you're probably not too worried. Um, and what are the odds that little Ruby grabbed that card? But so there's your Friday laugh and I'll share a picture of the card to our stories, but I, I just loved that she did that. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Wow. Yeah. What a great way to end the show. Abby. Yes. 
Well, and we love you guys too. So, you know, it's coming. Thank you so much for listening to us. If you haven't done so already, if you could hit five stars, um, and if you have 30 seconds or so, leave us a written review. It really does make a difference. We say it over and over. Um, but we are always working to get big Bravo labs back on the podcast. So, um, these ratings help us just become more visible, um, to some of your favorite Bravo labs. And then if you'd like to support us monetarily, uh, you can join our Patreon for $3 a month and we have a lot to discuss today. So we will be heading over to our Patreon. Um, but with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does, but your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, They pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.